The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory be to thee, Lord Christ. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear it all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Yeah, as we all know, we are in the season of Epiphany, and just one Sunday left for us to enter into the Lenten season. And Epiphany is again proclamation of good news of God's presence with us. And this proclamation of good news is something that we respond to that good news, recognizing that God's presence is with us here and now. The beauty of this season is, although we reflect on the glory, glorious manifestation of God, at the same time how he intervenes into the ordinary routines of everybody's life. 
And last Sunday, we've seen like Bishop reflecting on Matthew 5 about this metaphors of uh, salt and light uh, from a cultural perspective. And I've heard another sermon, a woman speaking from Ghana who said how this salt is used to wade away the evil spirit. So culturally, it, it is so different how we use this. So in continuation from Matthew 5 until 7.29, you have this teachings Jesus is doing to his disciples. We have heard so much said on the Beatitudes, and Jesus is moving away from the crowds and is just with the disciples now doing this teaching. When I read this, it kind of startles me, where do I really begin? With, with so many things about divorce, about the adultery, about uh, um, swearing in, things like that, uh, it, it, it really makes you think, where do we really begin? But Jesus, in a way, is giving us an antithesis to help us understand what exactly he's trying and helping us to focus this morning. He's actually taking familiar and even familiar things, as I said, the salt or light or trees things, so that to help us and comprehend better that we can relate it to every aspect of our lives. Repeatedly, multiple times in these verses, you see, Jesus says, you have heard it before. It has been said before. It was said, but I say to you. You've heard it before, it was said, and I say to you. So repeatedly you hear this, and what is Christ Jesus trying to tell us? I say to you, what is he trying to do? Is he trying to contrast the Jewish teachings, or he, or he is trying to discount them, or seize them? Like, what is he trying to do? Time and again in the Gospels we see Jesus saying, I've come to fulfill the law, but not to abolish it. So he's trying to fulfill the law. It, 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 he's not doing anything different. What we already know, he's just intensifying it, or maybe in a radical manner, he's a little bit extending it to help us comprehend and understand better. It is interesting for me because Jesus takes this murder adultery and prayer and builds a case of righteousness. It one, like one can really wonder, is, is there any possibility? How can you actually build a case of righteousness from the point standpoint view like murder and adultery, divorce and these things? So Jesus having said that, he doesn't literally mean like people who go the acts of murder or the acts of adultery or the acts of divorce, but rather he's trying to internalize the law here. Many of us are comfortably thinking or sitting, oh, I didn't commit murder, oh, I didn't do this, but rather Jesus' focus here is internalization of that law. It is how these things serve as doorways for you as internal examination of many dynamics in your life as an external behaviors. 
External behaviors may be anger, it can be slander, it can be religious speech, it can be arrogance, it can be bragging, it can be temptation. You can just name it. Anything you're fighting out, anything you're having problems with. So it's so easy just settling with big words and saying, oh, it doesn't matter to me at all because I didn't murder anyone, so how does it concern me? But the point here is, not the outward stuff, but internal things, how, how you, even before committing murder, if you have anger, if you have that kind of thing, you want to damage or ruin someone, you're already getting there. So Jesus is kind of helping us to understand it is, it is like from murder, you connect to anger. From adultery, it is like lust. When you talk about divorce, then it is marriage, the broken relationships. So he is kind of connecting these dots for us to understand it's not the external, but a radical extension of the law of internalizing that in your hearts. It is not just the behaviors, but it is the attitudes, it is the emotions, the feelings you go through. And none of us can deny that. The anger we have, there are two words used in Greek. This is themos and ero, ogis. The one is like blazing anger, like you just shoot it up and then by evening it's gone. But other anger is like you just feed on it. You, you just feed on it in a way that until you damage or ruin someone. So Jesus is kind of doing an antithesis, I would say. It's not just the murder, but from where the root cause begins, he wanted us to more dwell on that and see to it that we just try to handle it or with the law and internalize it reorient it to our hearts and lead a life that he expects us to do. I want to tell you a true story. Probably you can understand better what I'm trying to tell you because the external and internal, probably this is, this is a story which, which really startled me. Even I, I cannot say who is good and bad after the end of the story. So a guy, a family was there and his wife and son are killed or murdered. So two guys would have done that, but the husband doesn't know who killed his wife and son because one guy escapes and one guy is put in the prison. So the guy in the prison keeps saying, it was not me, the guy who escaped killed your family. So this guy is feeding on that, you know, that anger, that vengeance, that revenge. So he's waiting for that moment for years because this guy was sentenced to prison for 15 years and then on medical grounds he gets released and for, for, somehow he gets the information where his friend lives and he goes and kills that family, his friend's family and his wife. So this guy who got released from the prison goes to this guy and says, what is the difference between you and me? What is the difference between you and me? In a panic moment, in some kind of confusion, I just happened, to, it, it was me who killed, it was not my friend. But what did you do now? You went and killed them because you, you, were, you did not have that peace of mind, you just had that anger, though no proper direction, you're just going nuts and you, you spent the 15 years of your life 
just to damage, just to kill, and f like, you no, know, somehow satisfy your anger, that vengeance, or whatever you have in your heart. Now, because this guy, the good guy, had killed that couple, the cops are coming to get him. Because they already know that he's hatching, he's somehow wanted to get, who, get to know like who killed and wanted to finish them. So the cops are coming, but here is the interesting, a radical shift is that this guy goes to the cops and makes a confession that he is the one who killed his friend and his wife. And this guy, I don't know to say if he's a good guy or a bad guy now. Even here, I cannot say if he's a good or bad now. So this guy is clueless. This guy should actually retaliate for killing his friend. He should, with that anger, come and kill him or something should happen. He's still out. He's not in prison. So he's clueless. Like, why? Like, I killed him and why is he now going surrendering to the cops saying that like, no, I, I killed my friend and the wife. So this guy goes to the prison again. He's back to prison again. Goes to him and says, what is it? What, what, what made you to go and confess? And, and you know that I, I was the one who killed them. So he says, this guy doesn't know the big words of reconciliation, forgiveness, or let go. He just said, I don't have a second chance. I've been branded, I've been labeled already as a murderer. I came out, but I've seen your situation. You've been so good, you lost your family. I've been telling you it, it just happened in that moment, but you're not letting it go. You're just feeding on that anger, vengeance, and like you're totally lost, like you're not yourself. So I just want to give you a second chance. I just want to give you a second chance. So where do we stand in the spectrum when we talk about the scale? Where do we stand? Maybe I'm just talking about anger, but we have so many other things, so many evil things we are dealing with. As we've heard in the scripture, if you swear in the name of God in heaven, you cannot do that because it's God's heaven, it's its throne, not on earth because it is his footstool. You cannot swear on your head because you cannot turn your hair gray or white. What authority you have that you can just take names in vain and just keep saying that. If you keep doing that, it is coming from the evil one. So where do we stand in the scale of this anger, whatever emotions we are going through? Are we giving them a second chance? Are we just feeding on that and going, okay, let it be even if I get ruined, but somebody has to get ruined? Jesus is reframing this righteousness, as I said before, with the murder, with the adultery, with the divorce. He's making a case of righteousness and exposing our easy truces, easy way. Oh, I make peace with you, but you will never let go your anger. In Micah 6, it says, what shall I come before you? The, the people are like making a case to God. He says, I do not want sacrifices. I just want you to make do justice. We are ready to do sacrifices, do many things, but are we doing justice? You're ready to follow the keep the commandment, do not murder. But are you living without anger? Are you letting go that anger? So where do we stand? 
So Jesus is rightly exposing this, what we are going through in our lives. And the law is the roadmap to us. I don't know how many of you know Psalm 1, because when I was small, my mom, my grandmom, like, you know, made me memorize so many Psalm 1, 23, 119. Blessed is the one who delights in the law, who meditates in the law day and night. He will be planted by the streams of the water. His life will never fade or wither. Even Psalm 119 this morning we have heard, happy and blessed are the people who follow the ways of the Lord, who follow the laws of the Lord, and who preserve it in their hearts. The law is to keep it to your heart. It will make you go straight in right direction. It is not just for the outward doing, but it was for the inward internalization of the law is what Jesus is talking here. In this season of Epiphany, it is once again a reminder that God is reworking with Jesus Christ in all the relationships of the world, in all the relationships. And Jesus Christ helps us to reorient that, reorient that in all the land, internal landscapes of our life, internal. So forget about the external, how good and how great you're doing. Focus on your internal thing now. If there is anything that is just making you go mad or do wrong or making you lose your peace of mind, as it's said in the scripture, just find the root cause and just end it. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.